Welcome to the Persuasion Lab podcast. I'm Martin Diros, expert negotiator. Unfortunately, the world isn't made to your specifications in all ways at all times, which means you need to be able to communicate your wants and needs so you can get them met. I'm here to teach you the tools and strategies so that you can do exactly that. Stay tuned after the episode for more information about the fully outfitted Digital Persuasion Lab or head over to thepersuasionlab.com to get started. Welcome to the Persuasion Lab. In this episode, we're going to review some of the concepts of Dr. Daniel Kahneman. You may know him as the best-selling author of the book Thinking Fast and Slow, but if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that a lot of these concepts we discuss deal with professors that have used his work. Uh, I think there's a lot of overlap in some of the different research we cover in this podcast. And you may think of uh, Dr. Robert Cialdini, where his ideas may overlap with Kahneman's, but they actually all overlap when you think about it in this thing called human behavior and seeking high probability outcomes when we persuade, influence, and negotiate a decision or better deal with the trajectory of our path. And there's a lot of negotiation. And uh, for example, my sixth book that I just published, Negotiating College, which will have a companion YouTube class, has to do with the same concepts. Why? Because these are human concepts. What Dr. Kahneman really does is he was on the front lines of researching a lot of these different types of concepts on how we are influenced and different systems that take over when we're being human. And my dog in the fight, of course, is I want to filter these things out so well i want to avoid these certain traits when i'm trying to affect a result in negotiation persuasion and influence and that's what we'll talk about today so let's get into it and some of dr kahneman's research so kahneman talks about uh, systems thinking two types of systems and those of you who've been reading my books and my newsletter, you know I'm all about systems. So he kind of does it in a different way on human behavior. Uh, The two types of system, he calls systems one, which is impulsive, automatic, and intuitive. Uh, You hear us a lot talk about the limbic system, these very base systems that help us react. And Kahneman talks about how much energy these systems may take, whereas a quick reaction doesn't take that much energy. But this system two thinking, which is thoughtful, deliberate, and calculating, does take energy. And this isn't used a lot of our time on the planet because it takes so much energy. And you burn actually a lot of glucose in your brain working through these problems. For example, doing math problems, doing logical problems, maybe coming up with a what-if scenario plan that 
we want you to do before you go into a negotiation in order to win. And then you can go to the persuasionlab.com. There's a very simple eight-point negotiation plan that's free for premium users. For premium users, you get a more robust model and a lot better feedback uh, based on an algorithm we've developed on doing your negotiation plan. But what you want to do is devote some time in your plan to what Kahneman calls system two thinking, the more deliberate thinking. So let's give examples. So system one thinking is maybe driving down a straight highway in the middle of a desert. You're kind of on autopilot. In fact, your car may be on autopilot. Think about that. When you are in systems one thinking, you're basically like a car on autopilot. You're, it may make certain lane adjustment corrections. It will stay at a constant speed. It'll be looking out for collision avoidance uh, and basically requires very little input and critical thinking by you. Now think about if you're navigating a high pass in uh, Colorado in, on an icy road. You're probably thinking about, okay, I am on ice. You may be gripping your steering wheel a little bit better. And you will be saying, in, uh, avoid that impulse. You know, I don't want to hit the brakes on icy weather because they tell you to do that because it actually... Make, turns your car into a ski, and I really want to avoid that impulse of when I get out of control to slam on the brakes because in icy weather, snowy weather, that can make it more worth. You want to keep the wheels rolling, and you want to steer in to the direction you're sliding, which is counterintuitive, and uh, steer out of it in a gradual way. Uh, very hard because that requires system two thinking. System one thinking, automatic. Oh, I'm not going the direction I want. I'm going to slam on the brakes and turn away from the direction I don't want. The absolute wrong advice when you're driving in the snow. So that's an example of system one thinking and system two thinking applied to driving. So what does this have to do with us? There are a few mechanisms in Kahneman's research that help us trigger this uh, automatic response that we may want to do. And certainly, if you're a brand manager, if you're a politician, if you're um, uh, someone who's trying to influence, you will know this very key because messages that are repeated over and over uh, become almost given because they come initially when you hear the message you may be trying to analyze it in systems too but after repetition it'll slide into this uh, uh, system one and we will not be thinking that much about it and this is nefarious this is why critical thinking and an educated electorate is so critical for any republic to survive that has a democratic tradition such as the United States. Now, our uh, thesis in this podcast when I talk about statistics and data is we often 
form the wrong impressions because we don't take time to collect and analyze data. For example, uh, during the pandemic, when things were actually looking better, infections were going down, this negatively impacted a lot of news outlets and they would run headlines that say, infection spike, but I just heard or I was looking at the data reported by Johns Hopkins or the CDC that infection rates are going down. And if you click on the thing, on the article, you will find that infection spike in some small town you've never heard of. So they didn't include that in the title because they want you to click on it. So this deeper analysis of what numbers mean is pretty critical. So collecting data and actually looking at what's going on is pretty critical uh, beyond our first impressions because first impressions can greatly uh, taint and bias our uh, impression. For example, you may meet someone and talk to, say, a woman, and you may think, oh, uh, what a great person, what a kind person. Uh, and then you may tell other people that, uh, but then someone informs you, oh, yeah, well, you know, she's a confidence person and is very good with people, but she actually spent time in the federal prison for embezzlement um, or something like that. So we, our first impressions generally uh, taint our views until we get further data. And that can happen with people, that can certainly happen with headlines, and it is counted on by, say, politicians. They may uh, tout a figure like employment uh, increased by 100,000 workers this month. That's great. Well, when you think about that there are people uh, falling uh, off, uh, retiring, uh, Whereas just to break even, we may need something close to a million new jobs to actually have a positive employment rate. That's overlooked. You know, increase looks good, but when what's required because we could have you know hundred thousand retirees or people just leaving the workforce for whatever reason, that may not tell the full story. So that's why collecting data is so important. And. Another tendency uh, humans have is uh, individual experience versus statistical probability. Um, the it, let, let's and this is uh, probability and statistics. If you've ever um, listened to the episode I did on uh, statistics regarding. The Art and Science of Statistics. It's a great book. Everyone should read. You will never read the newspaper or listen to anything a politician says uh, the same way after reading that book. Uh, think about uh, if I say I'm tossing a coin and it comes up three heads in a row. On the fourth toss, you may expect to see tails, like it's more probability because it was preceded by three heads. So, hey, the fourth has got to be, but actually it that's not statistics, it's 50-50. Uh, the, that fourth toss of that kind 
has a 50% chance of being heads and a 50% chance of being tails just because the preceding three coin flips yielded a head doesn't mean the fourth is more likely to be tails it's still 50 50 and this is just a basic example of how people think statistics work and it's not that way it's still 50 50 you have to understand probabilities and outcomes and it's something we talk about in the persuasion lab when we do different analysis and even higher analysis in game theory we have to really uh, set those games, if you will, up in determining probabilities, payoffs, and outcomes for, for different scenarios. So um, one thing that humans do, and this really came out in Kahneman's research, is uh, you have to think that because we're attached to an old idea, we have to stay the course. And this really infuriates me when a politician is derided for being a flip-flopper. Oh my God, he changed his mind. Well, if I'm driving a bus off a cliff, if I see a cliff coming, I am gonna turn that bus. If new data presents me that I observe, that's okay. You know, I don't think being a flip-flopper is bad if it's informed by good data. So this autopilot thinking uh, makes us attached to ideas, even though they're not um, helpful. And let's talk about a, a college situation. You may have a example of, oh, I have to be a, a physicist because... Uh, my family is physic is, is a bunch of physicists. I'm uh, really into it. I like it. And sometimes you have to let go. Uh, I this is something I knew in college. I had a friend who uh, his family was a physicist. He loved physics, and I do. It's a very high form of learning, but uh, he really struggled with it. And he took about seven years and a lot of tuition. Uh, to get that degree. He eventually did it, but maybe he would have been better off, say, getting an engineering degree and not a pure physics degree. Uh, staying in a discipline when you've already spent so much money on it may make you double down uh, when after you may realize, you know, I don't like this major. <laughs> For example, uh, if, if you love it that may be a dream it may be worth the resource but if you don't do it but you feel like i i've made a commitment i can't go back now well this is when we're kind of on autopilot that keeps us cemented in these old ideas when information changes but we feel the trend and consistency right we don't want to vary a lot from our past my uh, discussions of cialdini's work um and finally, I, I want to talk about Kahneman's ideas. Um, we, regarding how our memories work and how our brains work, and sometimes very few intense memories may taint our future 
behavior even though they statistically don't matter. Uh, for example, um, there were studies who um, had uh, a painful experience at the end of a uh, medical procedure and rated it more traumatic than others who endured the same procedure uh, twice as long without the same uh, level of perceived pain. In other words, uh, if you, th the memory of a few events affect our judgment of the overall experience. In other words, we had a something happened at the end of this procedure and it was traumatic, even though it had nothing to do with the procedure itself. Those experiential things affect our judgment. For example, I may have uh, acquired a company and gotten a killer deal on it and then something totally extraneous to that experience may make that company fail. For example, I was in the restaurant business and I bought a restaurant on you know, March 14th, 2020, and then the pandemic happened and I went bankrupt in six months because they locked down everything and didn't allow people to go to restaurants. Uh, then I may think, gosh, the restaurant business is really a bad business to come in. And when in certain markets, it has come back really fast post pandemic and there are, are certainly uh, lots of positive outcomes. But that one bad experience based on nothing you did or your business model or ever, anything uh, may bar you from taking that next uh, step, even though uh, hopefully pandemics are things that are very, very rare. And those are some of the the high points from Kahneman. I, it, he, uh, really a prolific writer. I encourage you to read his stuff and see how it can help you in your persuasive activities and looking more critically, critically thinking about data when you're trying to influence someone and know that you yourself are influenced into bad transactions based on uh, some of this lack of critical thinking. Thanks for joining us in the Persuasion Lab, and we'll see you next week.